Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and thank you so much for listening today. Today is an off-the-cuff slash list of resources. So uh, I've been thinking over the past week of, um, there was a book I wanted to recommend and a documentary and some other stuff, and I thought, I'm gonna do an episode where I just share some of my favorite resources right now that have added value to my life, opened up my eyes, my mind, elevated my consciousness, Uh, in a way that would hopefully serve you as well. And then during the episode today, as I'm sharing the resources, you will hear me dive really deep on certain resources, uh, expand certain resources, and share with you insights to help those resources make a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, there's just I think there's a whole bunch of goodness in today's episode. So I hope you enjoy it. It was fun to record. It's a solo episode. It's just little old me. And uh, before... You start listening to the episode. Before we dive in, uh, I want to just thank my two sponsors, uh, two companies that are near and dear to my heart. I am friends with the owners. Uh, I know them personally, and I can vouch for both of them. The first is Organifi, and Organifi is our longtime sponsor. If you are looking to boost your health, looking for high-quality, whole-food, organic, plant-based supplements such as protein powders and green juices and uh, probiotics, all sorts of good stuff, check out Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That is spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi with an I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal, H-A-L, and then use Hal at checkout, H-A-L at checkout, and uh, you'll get 15% off your entire order. I use Organifi's products every day. I've done it for years. I'm a big fan and uh, highly recommend you check it out. I hope you find something there that you love. And our second sponsor is Self-Publishing School. And Self-Publishing School is uh, run by, it was founded by and run by a good friend of mine, Chandler Bolt. You probably heard him on the podcast multiple times. We've done webinars, you name it. The bottom line is if you want to write a book in as little as 90 days, in as little as 30 minutes spent each day on your book, Chandler has helped well over a thousand authors, averaging one author plus per day to write and publish and become best-selling authors. So if that's a dream, a goal of yours, Chandler and I recently hosted a live training and you can go watch the replay of that training now and you can get a free call with one of their coaches. Just go to self-publishing.com forward slash Hal. Again, that is self-publishing.com forward slash Hal self-publishingschool.com. I think I left out school. All right, oops, I messed that up. Self-publishingschool.com. Don't leave off the school. Self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. Yeah, I think I got that wrong a couple times, but that is the correct URL. Say it one last final time, self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal, and you can get a free training. And in that training, you'll get an opportunity uh, to schedule a call, a free call, no strings attached, with one of their coaches. So that's it. Those are my sponsors. Uh, I appreciate them making the show possible, and I appreciate you listening, which also makes this show possible. So hope you enjoy today's episode. Love you so much, and uh Enjoy. Hello, friends. It's Hal Elrod. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. Today's going to be a an off the cuff episode, if you will. Now, actually, that that's not that's not accurate. Uh, it started as an off the cuff episode, but then I remembered that there's a bunch of resources I've been writing down that I wanted to share with you. And so I'm going to, that's the basis of the episode is actually the resources I'm going to share, but there was a lot of topics swirling in my head today that I thought, I just want to talk through these uh, with you, with uh, with everybody listening. And so we're, it's going to be a combination of resources that I'm going to share with you, what is working in my life right now, um, a, a physical therapy I just started that I think uh, I want to share with you and how it's been friggin' miracle for me. 
Uh, that is cranial sacral therapy. You may be familiar with it. Maybe you're not. Uh, I was not until recently. Also, I want to share with you a documentary that recently impacted me. I want to share with you an album, a, a musician and his album that is just incredible, that is elevating my consciousness every time I listen to it. Uh, what else do I want to share with you? I want to share with you, um, oh, a Miracle Morning, what I call a pro tip that I shared the other day in the Miracle Morning community on how to wake up with more energy and feeling more alert and just ready to take on the day instead of groggy and tired and not wanting to get out of bed. So I've got a, a Miracle Morning pro tip for you in that regard. And then I also want to share with you uh, a book that I've been reading, actually a couple books. And uh, what else? Oh, and then a mantra, a mantra that's been really useful to maintain that inner peace, that inner freedom that I've been talking a lot about. And um, and then more context around the mantra, around the mantra. So yeah, so we're going to go, you know, it's funny, a, a few weeks ago, I did, uh, I started an episode similarly where I'm like, it was actually much more off the cuff. I had nothing, you know, written down, nothing in front of me. It was just like, all right, I just, whatever comes up from my heart and my soul uh, is what you're going to get as a listener. And I hit record with no preparation, like no thought. It just, I just went and I called it, it was funny. I think I introduced the episode as like, this is, I'm just going to rant. It's, this is just a rant. And so I was about to say that today. And then I'm, I, I go, I'm going to Google, uh, or I'm going to look up in the dictionary. What does the word rant mean? Because when I said it, I immediately corrected myself. I said, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word rant. So I looked up the definition and uh, here you go from Merriam-Webster.com. Uh, the, uh, the word rant is defined as a long, angry speech or scolding. <laughs> And I thought, man, that is not, A, it's not at all what I meant when I used that word. I really misused it. And B, I think if you listen to that episode, uh, definitely wasn't a an angry speech or a scolding. If anything, it was like, you know, uplifting and positive. So I thought off the cuff is a much better definition of these types of episodes. Uh, and I looked at the definition of off the cuff, which is three words, but it, it has a definition. Uh, it is an adjective, uh, spontaneous, informal, so that feels uh, feels more appropriate. So you will definitely get some a little bit off the cuff today, but there are some resources that I'm going to start with and I'm going to share with you. Um, the first one I want to share with you is I mentioned cranial sacral. So let me give you the backstory. Uh, when I was 20 years old, you probably know this because I tend to talk about you know my car accident and my cancer uh, to to a fault, but as two of the most pivotal life experiences I've had that to, to this day, I continue to relate back to them for my own growth and evolution and, and extract lessons that I learned through some of the most difficult experiences of my life um, that I able to use in everyday life. And so I'd encourage you to consider the same thing. What have you overcome in your life that is just proof that you can overcome anything, right? That, that no matter what comes your way, you got this. You can handle it. In fact, that musician I'm going to recommend later, um, one of his songs is called When Will I Learn? In fact, it's the first song I heard of his. It's my favorite. And I'll just I'll tell you his name. It's Rob Ricardo. Uh, the song When Will I Learn was the first introduced to me by my good friend Brianna Greenspan, who I'm going to talk about Brianna. In fact, let me make a note. I don't want to forget to talk to you guys about Brianna Greenspan and how she Maybe joining us on the podcast a lot more often. So there you go, a little teaser. The song, When Will I Learn, though, he says, when will I learn that I've got all the answers? When will I learn? Oh, now I'm forgetting the, the chorus. When will I learn? When, oh, yeah. When will I learn that I've got this? When will I learn to trust the process? And I love that question as an affirmation, as a reminder because, you know, we spend so much time experiencing stress and fear, at least. And I do unconscious. For me, it's unconscious because consciously I think I've, all, I've got it all figured out. But whenever I'm like in a deep meditation, I always have these, uh, this new level of awareness, this new level of consciousness emerge where I go, I've got, I just, I kind of realize the, they call it the shadow, right? The, like the unseen, the subconscious beliefs that are running our lives, the unconscious fears that are often driving our behavior and affecting our mental and emotional well-being. We have all this unconscious, this, this programming and this conditioning that we're very often unaware of. Uh, and, you know, and, and there's a lot of science that would show you that the majority of 
our life is run unconsciously. And that, by the way, is what I mean by elevating consciousness. When I, you know, I use the term, my mission is to elevate the consciousness of humanity one person at a time, one morning at a time. And well, what is consciousness? There's different ways to define it. There's a spiritual way. There's a psychological way. There's even a kind of a practical way. And maybe I'll, I'll really focus on the practical way, but it's the idea that, well, what's the, what is unconsciousness? To, to really understand what consciousness is, you start with go, well, what does it mean to be unconscious? And I would say the simplest term or way to define that would be unaware. I'm unaware of how the media and the propaganda of the media is programming me to want to buy things to feel better through their effective advertising. They're manipulating me, right? If you're unconscious to that, well, elevating your consciousness would be elevating your awareness as to how the media, and I'm using the media as just a one random example that popped in my head, but how that impacts you, right? If how you respond, how you're triggered when other people say or do things, if you're unaware of that, then that unconscious triggering is affecting your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your behavior, right? Our, I mean, for, this is true for all of us. But when you become aware, oh, when somebody says something that I disagree with, I get triggered. Interesting. In fact, the book I'm going to recommend today, which I've been recommending off and on, but I want to talk more about it today. Uh, it talks a lot about that, right? To be aware of how you are triggered, what triggers you, what affects you, what impacts you, what causes you to derail from your ideal way of being and feeling and, and doing. So elevating your consciousness is elevating your awareness. If all of a sudden you become aware of how you're triggered, well, now that awareness allows you to be mindful. It allows you to be conscious and consciously choose how you respond when those triggers show up in your life instead of unconsciously showing uh, or unconsciously responding, being what they call triggered, right? But when you're conscious, you can go, oh, okay, that person said that thing whether it's your spouse or someone of a different political party than you, right? Or somebody that, uh, that you know, a friend or a colleague or a boss or whatever, right? Most people, you get triggered by all sorts of people, which by the way, how nice would it be to be not, not to be triggered? Um, that's possible. Now I'm not saying I'm, I'm not perfect at that, but I've definitely, I've, you know, I've, I've made leaps and bounds over where I, I used to be before I was, when I was unconscious, by elevating consciousness, right, your, your own individual consciousness, you become aware of the things that trigger you and then you can choose, hear this, you can consciously choose to be untriggered. Oh, there's that person, that thing that, 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 that normally triggers me. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to be aware that I was about, I, I was beginning to be triggered unconsciously, but because I became conscious of the stimulus that was triggering me, I'm going to make a conscious choice that serves my highest good, that serves humanity's highest good, and I'm not going to get triggered. Wow, that feels good. Same stimulus, but because we've elevated our consciousness, elevated our awareness as to what the trigger is, what the stimulus that triggers us is, and now we can make a conscious choice otherwise. And this is true for everything. I just posted on Facebook. In fact, this is a tangent, but I will read this to you because, because I will. It got, it got a lot of good feedback. People, a lot of people said, this is exactly what I needed right now. Uh, so here's a post I put up. So I posted this quote, and the quote that I, I wrote, a, I do this often. You may see this if you follow me on social media, right? I'll usually write the quote on Twitter and, and I will screen capture it and then post it as an image on Facebook and um, Instagram. And then I will expand on it because obviously Twitter, you can only, you know, you can only put, I don't know, 142 or 284 characters or whatever it is now. So it's limited. So I usually try to try to share the essence in that amount of characters Hundred or it's two hundred eighty characters now. It used to be one forty, but I share the essence of of what I'm trying to get across in those two hundred eighty characters. And like this this quote I'm about to read you was exactly 
280 characters. And it very often is because I usually, it's usually longer and I have to like remove words and pare it down. Uh, but then I, I use that image and then I am able to put it on Facebook or Instagram and then write, you know, as long, uh, Instagram has a limit, but I think Facebook doesn't, but then I'll write it on Instagram and I can write a much longer, almost like a mini blog post expanding on whatever I wrote, you know, in that, that Twitter quote. So here's the quote, true freedom is found in our God-given ability to choose how we experience each moment of our lives, regardless of our circumstances. If you want to be sad, be sad. If you want to feel anger, feel it fully. And most importantly, if you truly want to be happy, choose to be happy. So talking about true freedom. And here's the expanded post that I wrote to dive deeper into that philosophy. What do you really want? What would make you happy? Is there something you want to accomplish? If so, do you know why you want to accomplish that thing? I'm going to guess that it's because you would feel good to have accomplished that thing. Or maybe accomplishing that thing will give you something else you want, such as more money. But why do you want more money? I'd imagine that having more money would make you feel good, yes? Or maybe having more money would allow you to buy something else, such as a nice house. But why do you want a nice house? Well, I'm assuming that having a nice house would make you feel good, no? Or maybe having a nice house would give you the stability that you believe will help you get something else you want, such as a meaningful relationship. But why do you want a meaningful relationship? Well, I'm going to go out on the limb here and consider that having a meaningful relationship would make you feel good. Yes? Maybe you get where I'm going with this line of questioning. It's that the end game, the reason we do everything we do is to give ourselves permission to feel good. The problem is that we only allow ourselves to feel good if we accomplish the thing, make the money, get the house, have the meaningful relationship, etc. But what if instead... The only thing required for you to feel good, in fact, to feel the best you've ever felt, was to wake up in the morning, to experience the miracle of life. What if every breath you took was a reminder that you have the ability to feel however you choose to feel? You can feel good even when life is difficult because you no longer allow how you feel to be dependent on outside forces. Instead, you consciously choose to be at peace with life exactly as it is while you take steps each day to make it exactly as you envision it to be. What if you chose to take a step further and be the happiest you've ever been, no matter what, just because you have that ability? And from that place of peace and happiness, then you can feel whatever you want and you can do whatever you want and you can enjoy every moment. This is your God-given ability. So that was a Facebook post that I put up the other day. And I forgot why I was reading that to you. That's why this is off the cuff. I don't even know why I was reading that to you. I'll figure it out. Let me dive back into the notes that I did have. See, I do need some notes. That does help. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how I got into that. We were talking about cranial sacral. So, all right. Oh, what a tangent. That's amazing. So I, it was because I mentioned the words car accident and then I got all insecure because I brought up my car accident, which I always feel like, oh man, I talked too much about my car accident. So then I went on this whole rant, but it was meant to be. It was meant, not rant, sorry, off the cuff. It was meant to be. Uh, hopefully that was valuable for you. And I'd encourage you to really consider that. And if you want to read that, you know, go to uh, any of my Facebook or Twitter or um, actually Twitter doesn't have the longer post. But if you go to my Instagram or my Facebook or even the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, uh, that is posted in those places. So you can read it, you can copy it, paste it, study it, whatever you want to do. So I hope that serves you. So diving back into cranial sacral. So here's where I was going with this. When I was 20, I was in my car accident. I broke my jaw. My jaw was dislocated and they snapped it. They kind of just moved it back into place, but they never did any surgery to my jaw. Uh, they said I had so many, I had like 11 surgeries, I think. And they said that they want, they, they, I, my body had endured so much trauma that they didn't want to mess with my jaw. And they said it, it, it would, it should heal 
it, they said it maybe messed up. Uh, and that eventually down the road, uh, years later, I might need to have it broken or fixed in some way. But they said they wanted me to take that risk rather than perform another invasive surgery. So that, you know, I left the hospital with my jaw kind of off. And um, for the last 20 years, I have not been able to open my jaw straight. When I open my jaw, it curves over like significantly. The bottom curves really sharply to one side, to my right, to where it's about an inch, inch and a half off center from the top jaw. It's way off. And if I open my jaw wide and try to bite into something like such as an apple, I don't have the strength or, or I should say it's it's too painful to do. I experience extreme pain and I can't, I haven't been able to bite into an apple for 20 years. I have to cut it up and, you know, and eat it that way. So that's that. And I've just dealt with it. It's, you know, it's the, the pain isn't extreme. I just avoid eating apples and, you know, in, in terms of opening my mouth really big. And, and I always, you know, open my jaw just usually to, you know, show somebody, Hey, look at how crooked it is. Like whatever. It's a parlor trick. I don't know. So the point is about uh, four months ago, few, three or four months ago, I started experiencing an audible grinding in the left side of my jaw. And I, ha I still have it right now. And I, right now, as I'm talking to you, I hear this like every time I open or close uh, my mouth. And so I thought, uh oh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's, you know, I, I remembered 20 years ago, the car accident, gosh, maybe it's time that my jaw has gotten to the point where I'm going to have to have it, you know, broken and, and, and wired shut and you know, who knows what else. So I went and got, uh, I went and saw an orthodontist who sent me to a jaw surgeon. I went and had an MRI, uh, and, a I think a CAT scan or CT scan, whatever it is. And one of the best, uh, allegedly one of the best jaw surgeons in, uh, the world is, uh, here in, uh, in, he's in Dallas, Texas. And so we had a zoom call, we went over the results and he basically said, uh, you can, keep doing what you're doing and it's, you know, it's degenerative. It's potentially going to get a lot worse. And he said, or I recommend that you do a double surgery on both sides of your jaw. He told me that he wanted to take, cut out both of my joints in my jaw and replace them with titanium joints. And he wanted to shave the sides of my jaw off and put these titanium arms, which are basically like the size of your pinky, my pinky, along each of the jaw bones. And it's a five, <laughs> I, was, I was not enjoying hearing this news, but it, it's a, and it's a five hour surgery. So I'm under anesthesia, completely out for five hours. Of course, there's all sorts of risks, not to mention the trauma to my, to my body. He said that my face would swell up two to three times its normal size and that it would be four months like that before I'd recover a year before total recovery, but four months of like intense swollen face, you know, and I'm going, oh my God, this is, this is not what I want to do and not what I want to do. And especially, uh, you know, I, like, you know, I'm a speaker, so I've got speeches coming up and I'm going, I don't, I don't have any four month window, you know, I'd have to cancel some major stuff, but gosh, if this is what I need to do, I'll do it. So that's, there you go. There, there's the story kind of the, the foundation. And that's what I was dealing with. And, you know, and I'm, I called, you know, my mom and dad and just, Hey guy, you know, still, still call mom and dad and ask him for their advice. And, you know, and they're both, you know, they're just, they're torn. They're good. Yeah. They, you know, they've seen how much trauma my body's been through with chemo and cancer and all this stuff. And they're like, hush, we, we hate to see you go through that again. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And, you know, I got to do what I got to do. And then the next day, the next morning, I uh, called my good friend, Brianna Greenspan, who will be on the podcast soon. I just texted her earlier and said, hey, let's do a podcast like next week. So hopefully the next episode or two will be Brianna. And uh, if you don't know Brianna, she's brilliant. She is wise. She is the co-author and co-creator of the Miracle Morning Art of Affirmations adult coloring book. And she hosts a Miracle Morning Room in Clubhouse every day. And she's one of my closest friends. And I called Bri and uh, again, very wise and she said, uh, do you want to do the surgery? I said, hell no. This is the last thing I want to do is a double surgery and add more metal. To, you know, I've already got metal rods throughout my body. I said, I don't want to add more metal and more trauma. And, and, and you know, and there, he said it might not even work. Like it could cause other complications, right? It's like, ah, I just, I don't want to go down that road. And she said, are you familiar with cranial, craniosacral? And I'll just spell that real quick so you can write it down or have a visual. It's C-R-A-N as in Nancy, I-O-S as in Sam, A-C, 
C-R-A-L, cranio, like sacral. So craniosacral therapy. I said, I'm not familiar. And she explained it. It's a very subtle massage that utilizes certain parts of your body. I'm not going to do a good job explaining it. But, um, and she said, before you go spend all that time and money and energy and, and, and just, and put your body through that trauma, she said, I would try, you know, holistic practices. And, and, you know, and she reminded me, she said, look, of course the surgeon told you he need, you need surgery. That's what a surgeon does. That there's, you know, I don't think there's another option other than, yeah, you, you need, sur- uh, you know, I'm a surgeon. I can help you with surgery, right? I don't, I don't do cranial sacral. I don't do a diet. I don't do, right? And I found this is, as much as I love and I'm so grateful for Western medicine, I have a very conflicted relation with Western medicine because having been in the system as a cancer patient, uh, I saw how little to non-existent, I mean, really non-existent energy they put into anything natural, diet exercise, meditation, you know, cranial state, right? I mean, like nothing. And every time I talk to any of my oncologists and I ask them any questions about anything natural, even if it was proven, even if it had worked for centuries or thousands of years, they either knew nothing about it or they just said, ah, just do the chemo. That's all you really need to do. So very conflicted relationship. Grateful because I feel like my life has been saved by Western medicine multiple times but very conflicted because I absolutely feel like they uh, leave out so many methods and modalities um, that can change your life. And here's here's a perfect example. So Brianna says, I would try cranial sacral and any other holistic practices that you can to help fix your jaw before you go under the knife. And I was like, okay, you know, great. Uh, you know, and I and honestly, by the way, in my head, and actually, I, I think I even said to Brianna, I'm like, I'll do that, Brie. But I said, I don't, I don't know what that's going to do. Like if my jaw is broken and it's busted. And and by the way, the surgeon told me that I have major arthritis in one side of my jaw, which, you know, 41 years old. And and I was told after my car accident that I would probably have arthritis where all my brakes were. That's a very common response. So I was, you know, aware that it could be a possibility, but you know, just hearing you have arthritis in your jaw, which I guess that's where I'm hearing the grinding. uh, That sucks, you know? And so I went, uh, uh, it is what it is though. Can't change it. So I went, uh, or so Brie, I said, Brie, I, you know, I really objected. I'm like, I mean, I said, I'll try it, but I basically just had no, you know, I'm like, I don't have a lot of faith that that's going to fix it. I think I'm, I'm too far gone. My jaw's broken. I got arthritis. Like we got to do something. I don't think adjusting me or whatever the cranial sacral is going to do is going to help. So I went and saw, I scheduled three appointments with three different cranial sacral specialists. Bonus lesson, by the way, I encourage you to get different opinions, second, third opinions. I encourage you to try different practitioners uh, so that you can find who you really like and learn different things, right? That for me, I, I try to never put all my eggs in one basket. It's always getting multiple opinions, getting mo- seeing multiple practitioners. If I'm learning about, you know, diet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not just find one source and go all in. I'm always trying to get multiple opinions and perspectives from as many different people well, not as many different people as possible. I wasn't going to go to 100 cranial sacral, uh, you know, practitioners, but but at least you know three is kind of my minimum magic number. So I scheduled with three cranial sacral uh, practitioners, and I went and saw one. This was about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I saw the one gal, and she said, "So hey, what you know? How will you know if?" Actually, I asked her. My my sister is a therapist. She said, "Ask her." Another bonus lesson here. She said, "Ask her how we'll measure whether or not." what she's doing is working and ask her the time frame that you can expect to measure it. And I, you know, my sister Haley is brilliant. I'm like, yeah, I, common sense. I never would have thought of that. It's a great question. You know, I would have just gone and done it and tried it and seen if I liked it or whatever. But so I asked her, I said, how will I measure it? She said, well, I'm going to turn that on back to you, the cranial sacral therapist, Amy, her name is Amy. She said, how would, how would you measure it? I go, well, I, I guess I would look at what my problems are. I said, number one, I can't open my jaw straight. So if, if I was able to start opening my jaw straight, that would be a big, you know, that'd be a, a, a night and day win since I haven't opened it straight in 20 years. I said, so if I gradually saw it getting more straight, that would be great. I said, I'm not able to bite down on my right side, which was another red flag I've experienced in the last few months. I said, I'm not able to bite down on my right side. So if I could bite on my right side, that would be great. Right now, when I bite down, my left side touches and there's a space between my right side. And that's really, I can't fully chew on the right side. And you know, just creates other problems and also tells me that it's getting worse, which is, you know, that's concerning. She said, okay. She said, any pain? I said, no, not really. Only when I bite into an apple, but I'm, you know, I don't, I don't do that. So I'm not really concerned. 
She said, okay, so the way we would measure it is if your jaw got straighter and if your if your bite, you're able to bite down on the right side, that that would be, she said, that, that you'd see that it was working. I said, yes. She said, okay, right now on a scale of one to 10, and she wrote this on a piece of paper, one through 10 for two on two lines. Number one was your bite being straight. Number two was uh, me being able to bite down on my right side. She said, where would you rate yourself on both those? I said, I'm about a three, you know, a three. So I'm a three on my bite. I'm a three on opening my jaw straight. So she goes, she proceeds to do this one hour cranial sacral session. And I wasn't, you know, I was, I was, I'm always optimistic. I'm always hopeful, but I wasn't expecting a lot. You know, I thought, oh, maybe I'll feel better. I don't know. Maybe I'll cease. I don't know. I really didn't, I really didn't expect much. And after the session, she goes, try to open your jaw. And I opened it and, you know, I wasn't in front of a mirror for her. She goes, eh, still crooked. And I looked at the mirror and I said, yeah, it's, it's still a three. I said, but I'm not expecting magic overnight, like, you know, or instantaneous results. So I wasn't expecting you to cure me like day one. I said, I realize this is a process. And, uh, and I said, and she said, can you bite down on your right side? I said, no, I can't bite on my right side. And she said, okay. So I, uh, I went home and the next morning I woke up and I brushed my teeth and it occurred to me. I thought, let me see if my bite looks any straighter. And by the way, for the last 20 years, when I open my mouth and it goes crooked, if I, I can't straighten it, like when it's open fully, it's locked to one side. Like I can't move it back over, even if I try. And so the next morning I brush my teeth and I look in the mirror and I open my mouth and it kind of goes crooked and then I close it. And then I try to open it, like really focus on opening it straight. Cause when I've been, I'm so used to opening it crooked, it kind of, that's just like automatically, I open it and I know it's gonna go to the side. So I go, I'm gonna try to open it straight. And I, I can't even explain to you how this felt like a miracle because it didn't make logical sense after 20 years of my jaw being crooked. I opened my jaw perfectly straight, perfectly straight. Well, like 98%, I mean, it was, it was almost, and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I closed my mouth and I tried to bite down on my right side and I'm able to bite down on my right side for the first time in, in months. And I went, I immediately, what I did, because I believe in helping people in this way, supporting people in this way, I got on Yelp and I opened up Yelp and I went to Amy's Yelp page and I wrote like this really long review saying that this is a miracle. Like I can't explain this. 20 years, my jaw has been messed up. And in one session, Amy was able to get it to be straight. I, I can't even believe it. And so since then, I've gone back to Amy and actually saw that other, another gal. And I have one more point with another uh, a third person, but I'll probably stick with Amy because she's she's just phenomenal. But uh, but anyway, I share that with you, A, to give you a little bit of a glimpse into my life, but uh, but also that if you struggle with migraines, if you struggle with, if you're, you know, TMJ or anything, you know, if you clench your teeth and there's actually a whole host of other benefits of other conditions that cranial sacral can help, I'd encourage you to Google it. Again, C-R-A-N. N-I-O-S-A-C-R-A-L, craniosacral, all one word. I encourage you to Google it and see all of the different benefits. But I just, I'm just telling you from my own experience, like I've, it worked for me in ways I could never imagine. And so I wanted to share that with you. And again, if anybody you know that suffers from migraines or, you know, grinds their teeth at night or has TMJ or again, see what other symptoms, those are the ones I've really focused on because I have dealt with all those. But, uh, but yeah, craniosacral is a game changer. All right, I'm going to go through the rest of these resources. <laughs> I was going to say relatively fast, but uh, you want to take the over under on that. I would be with you. So uh, the two books I'm reading right now, actually, there's like five, but uh, one is Awareness, and I've recommended that to you, and I can't recommend it enough. It's by Anthony DeMello and a friend of mine, Joe Sanek, Sanek. So we're not close friends, obviously. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. S-A-N-O-K. We're Facebook friends, and he, but we were texting this morning. I'm like, did you, are you the one that recommended me that book, Awareness? And he said, yeah. I said, I was trying to remember who recommended it to me. Thank you. That book is a game changer for my life. So Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Sadly, he passed away. I, I initially wanted to have him on the podcast, and then I realized that he had passed away. So his book is the next best thing I can recommend to you. Uh, the other book I'm reading is Transcending Levels of Consciousness by David Hawkins. And I've been reading that for a long time. It's like, it's a hard book to read. It's not written like in a really user-friendly format where like, it's not written conversationally. Let's put it that way. It's like, 
you read a sentence and then you're like, you have to reread it to make sure you got it. And under, at least that's me, right? Maybe, maybe I'm your, your, your intellect, your vocabulary might be beyond mine. And you'll be like, how it's not a big deal. But I, everybody I've talked to says, yeah, that, that's David Hawkins work. Isn't the easiest read, but transcending levels of consciousness. And, and the essence of it is right. That the majority of society uh, on a scale of one to a thousand, David Hawkins created a scale of consciousness. And he, I forgot what he calls. It. I'm not looking at the book right now, but Basically, seven hundred. So it starts. The lowest level is, uh, I believe, it's shame. Shame is the lowest level, like to where you don't even you have no self worth. You have you feel like there's no reason for living. You just live in a state of constant shame. That's the lowest level of consciousness. And numerically, it's a twenty from zero to twenty on the scale of zero to a thousand. Um, the next level is guilt. And then it goes up to, you know, depression and anger. And I'm not going in order right now. I'm going off memory, but, you know, and then it goes up to acceptance and then peace and then joy and then love and then right all the way up. And, and then the highest level of consciousness is between, I believe 600 and above is love. And then 700 to a thousand is enlightenment. And without ever knowing David Hawkins work, I've been, I started studying enlightenment when I was in my early to mid twenties and, um, and have ever since, although I took a break for like 15 years from studying enlightenment. And then probably about a year or two ago, uh, I dove really deeply back into it and was reminded, uh, that some of, some of what I had learned in my twenties, I was still living by and it had shaped who I became, but I had forgotten a lot of it. I'd forgotten a lot of it. And I was like, oh man, I like, I have forgotten, you know, a lot of these principles and, and, um, philosophies and practices that that uh, that are so valuable. And so that book, Awareness, really is a book that will elevate your consciousness. And of course, the book, Transcending Levels of Consciousness, I mean, unless they mistitled it, <laughs> that better, uh, that, that one definitely better help you elevate your level of consciousness. And why do you want to elevate your level of consciousness? Because instead of you being at the mercy of life, instead of you being at the mercy of other people, instead of you being at the mercy of your conditions and circumstances, instead of you reacting to what life throws at you, when you elevate your consciousness, when you are conscious of what you think, how you feel, why you feel it, and conscious that you are in control of all of the above. You are in control of what you think, of how you feel, of what you focus on, of what you do, of the life that you create, the life that you live. When you elevate your consciousness to the highest level, you gain control. And I don't, I don't, that, that word is a little tainted for me, but you gain the power, if you will, to experience life exactly as you choose it, both internally in terms of your inner experience, but also externally in terms of the results that you create in your life, the results you create, the circumstances that you shape in your life, right? It's that, it's that two sides of the same coin of true freedom. There's inner freedom and there's outer freedom. Inner freedom is the ability to choose your experience internally, but outer freedom is your ability to choose your experience externally, like what you do each day. That's outer freedom. And they're two sides of the same coin. In fact, I'm going to put that in my next book. I got to go back and listen to this. So um, so there's a couple books I want to recommend. Uh, keep going with the resources. Movies. I just watched a movie the other day that I highly recommend. And I, I put this all over my social media. You may have seen it. Uh, it is called Seaspiracy. Uh, it's on Netflix. Now, I want to recommend this movie with a slight disclaimer. And... The disclaimer, and then I'll talk about why to watch the movie, but first the disclaimer. The disclaimer is uh, you can't trust the media. Um, I don't know if I'll get censored or banned for saying that, but you know, I said this earlier when I was talking about elevating your consciousness. That was the first example I used, right? Is that if you are not conscious about the way the media is manipulating you through subconscious programming, through images and words and music and you know all of that, to make us think that, oh, to be happy, I need to buy that. Or big pharma, right? Oh, I do suffer from blank, so I need to take that drug because look at all, and again, think about that. You think they're not manipulating us? 
Look at the images on a big pharma commercial, right? The side effects are it could cause bloating, diarrhea, depression, suicidal thoughts. But look at the guy and the girl running on the beach, the man and the woman with their dog, and, and, and she's flying a kite, and it's sunny, and the music's beautiful. What the hell does that have to do with the artificial chemical that you're putting into your body? You follow? Like, that's not accurate advertising, right? That's not transparent. I mean, I guess it, it is because they're telling you the side effects. But anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But the point is that you've got to be so aware of, and you meaning all of us, so conscious as to the media that we're consuming and the level of embedded propaganda within that media. So Netflix, I believe, uh, is as... I don't know if guilty is the right word, but uh, I would say there's as much propaganda on Netflix. Anytime you see a documentary, anytime I see a documentary on Netflix, I watch it with with like with one ears listening, one eye is watching what they're showing and, and listening to what they're saying and taking it for what it is. The other is completely skeptical, right? And so I'm able to kind of filter what what I'm what I'm watching through both of those lenses. And so anyway, just something for you to consider as you watch anything. And by the way, if it's the news, I don't even watch. I don't watch the news actually. I, sometimes I do watch the news, but I watch it with that filter of like, okay, what are they trying to get me to think or believe? So anyway, again, I don't want to get into this rabbit hole. Here's the point. The movie, Sea Spiracy, Sea Spiracy. Highly recommend that you watch this because I do believe there is a lot of truth to it. It's about the overfishing of our oceans, the pollutions in our oceans, and how the fish and basically any seafood that we eat is poisoned. Actually, I cut almost all seafood out of my life years ago when I learned about like Fukushima and how fish were washing up on the shores of almost every continent with radiation, with, with nuclear poison, you know, from poison from the Fukushima, Fukushima, not to mention the oil spills and on and on and on and on and on. Our, our oceans are very polluted. So when I eat fish, I try to only eat fish that either I catch with my own fishing pole, um, in a river or stream, or, you know, that is, that is fish from a river or from a stream, but not in the ocean. So anyway, I don't need to go into too much detail. Just, I encourage you to watch Sea Spiracy. Uh, it's a, and it's actually a really enjoyable, it's a well done documentary. So that was my latest that I watched and I encourage you to check it out. Conscious Music, Rob Ricardo, his entire album. Well, I don't love every song, but every song, the message is great, but this is Conscious Music. What is Conscious Music? I've talked about this before. We've interviewed conscious musicians on the show like Brother James and Satsang. Rob Ricardo is a conscious musician and it's again, music that elevates your consciousness. It elevates your awareness and his is really focused on you being aware of your, how you work, right? Like that, that song I mentioned, when will I learn? When will I learn that I have all the answers? Will, when will I, oh, and then, dang it, I keep messing it up. That's a line from it. But he says, when will I learn? All right, I forget. I keep forgetting. Just that album, when will I learn is great. He has a song called The Work that talks about our ego and transcending our ego and, and that we've got to do the work. Uh, he has a song called Here and Now about the present moment. So the album is called The Fire in Me. His name is Rob, R-O-B, Ricardo, R-I-C-C-A-R-D-O. Rob Ricardo, and it is The Fire in Me. Uh, I found it um, on Apple Music. I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm guessing it's on other spots. I'm not sure. All right, I want to give you a Miracle Morning pro tip. I emailed this out actually last Monday, so you may have read this already. I'll keep it quick. In fact, I'll just read it so that I don't go off on any tangents or I'll try not to. So here's what I wrote the other day. Do you ever feel groggy and tired when you first wake up in the morning? Do you want to know how to wake up feeling alert and energized instead? One of the most unrealized causes of morning fatigue is a result of the food we eat the night before in terms of how much you eat and how late you eat. Digesting food is one of the most labor-intensive processes that the body endures. So if you eat slash snack within a couple hours before you go to bed, your body will still be testing the food and you'll often wake up feeling like you were hit by a truck. That was how I felt this morning. See, I normally eat dinner between 5 to 6 p.m. so that I give my body at least 3 to 4 hours to digest my food since my bedtime is usually around 9 p.m. When I do that, I wake up feeling energized for my miracle morning. 
but last night I wasn't able to eat dinner until 7 p.m. Had less than two hours before bed and I paid the price. When I woke up, it was an hour later than I had planned on and I felt abnormally exhausted when I did. I know many people either eat dinner a little later or snack as they get closer to bedtime, but adjusting your schedule to eat dinner three to four hours before you go to bed and eliminating snacking definitely takes a decision and a commitment to follow through. But my experience has been that, like anything, it quickly becomes easy and automatic, and waking up feeling alert and energized is significantly more valuable. So I invite you to give it a try. That post I'm looking at, there's 138 comments on it, and the common responses were either, uh, Hal, I know that, and I actually, yeah, you know, I purposefully, I learned that the hard way, and I also eat a three to four hours before bed, and it's a game changer, or the majority of comments, that, that those were few and far between, but there were some of those, but the majority of the comments were, oh my gosh, this explains so much, <laughs> right? Like, I, I snack until I go to bed, or I snack late, or I eat a late dinner, and I always feel up tired. No wonder, because while you're sleeping, your body's working. It's working all night. It's trying to just like, ah, oh, why did you do this? I, I, I want to sleep, but you loaded me up with all this food that I've not got to work through all night long. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'll repay the favor. You're going to be tired when you wake up because I didn't get to rest. You're, you're not going to get good rest either, right? So that's the pro tip that I want to give you. And uh, I'll probably start doing those more often. So uh, and then last but not least, I wanted to just share a mantra with you. And the mantra really goes along with what I read to you earlier um, in terms of, you know, how to experience true freedom. Uh, and then there's actually one other Facebook post that I want to read, one other social media post that I want to read. I hope you're okay with me doing that. It's hopefully I bring it to life a little bit more. It's like listening to an audiobook, right? You can read it on Facebook or on Instagram, but uh, when you get to hear me, throw a little inflection behind it, hopefully it becomes, becomes uh, more real. All right, so the mantra, and this is a mantra that I have repeated to myself, and I, it's, it's one of my favorite. The mantra is, this moment is perfect. Moment is perfect. Whenever I'm feeling stressed, that's my go-to. I stop, I put my hand on my chest, I take a deep breath, and I remind myself, this moment is perfect. Now, for those of you that are triggered by that and you're like, Hal, I got, my life is, I got some stuff going on right now. It is not perfect, okay? It is not even close. I just fought with my spouse uh, or we're getting a divorce and my, my, I'm struggling financially and I've got health challenges and this moment is not perfect. Screw you, right? Like some people might get really triggered by that. Uh, I'll tell you, when I was at my lowest points in my life, car accident, cancer, there I go again. But I, I, I use that mantra all the time. I'd be in the hospital in pain on chemo and go, this moment is perfect. And when I read to you what I'm about to read to you, I think it will make more sense. Here's the quote that I posted. Consider that life is always perfect. Although our circumstances can be difficult and even painful, our life exists in each moment. In fact, our life is each moment. When we choose to experience this moment fully, we are present to the perfection of life. And then here's my expansion on that quote in the post. Whatever you're going through right now, know that there is a difference between your life and your life situation. Your life situation is your temporary always changing circumstances and conditions, which can be difficult. But don't mistake it for your life. Your life is eternal. It is your true nature. It is the essence of your being. It is your consciousness, experiencing and embracing each moment exactly as it is without resistance. No matter what your life situation, your life is experienced in the present moment. The present moment is life. Pause. What do you see right now? What do you hear right now? What are you experiencing in this moment? That is your life. Stay there for as long as you can. And then when you inevitably get lost in thought, return to the moment. Return to life. So hopefully that gives you a little more context around the mantra, this moment is perfect. 
And I'm inviting you, if you didn't already do what I invited you to do in, or invited people to do in the post, again, pause right now. Look around. What do you see? I see my office. I see the door. I see a cork board with dozens and dozens, maybe a hundred handwritten thank you notes that people have sent that are my gratitude board. I look out the window. I see some trees. Life, I see life. What do you see? Do you see problems? I don't see any problems. Well, there's a smudge on that door, actually. <laughs> I guess that could be perceived as a problem, but it's not, it's not actually a problem. What do you hear right now? What do you hear if you're quiet? I hear silence with a little bit of buzzing that, you know, you know, houses just kind of make noise. I don't know. There's some, there's some buzz. Eric, I don't know what it is. Something's buzzing, but I don't hear any problems. What I see is life. It's this moment. What I hear is life. It's this moment. What do you feel? Rub your fingertips together with your thumb. Do it right now. I'm doing it. Do you feel any problems? Or do you feel life? coursing through your veins. This moment is your life. And this moment is always perfect. And when it's challenging, even when it's difficult, considering that our greatest growth comes in the midst of challenges and difficulty and even pain, you can always see the perfection in every moment. At least I invite you to consider that. For yourself. Thank you for listening today. I hope that my not rant, but off the cuff episode mixed in with a bunch of resources. Uh, I hope this was valuable for you today. And uh, yeah, let me know, please leave some, leave, leave a note. You know, I, that's one thing I never ask for is for you to leave comments. Would you leave a comment? I would, if this landed for you, I would, I should start, I need to remember to do this every time. I've only been doing a podcast for eight years and I've never, I always forget to ask this. But will you leave a comment? It's, it's, uh, if you're listening to this at halelrod.com forward slash 373, leave a comment there. Or if you're not listening to it there, will you go there? Would you just take just two minutes, three minutes, maybe five, just a few minutes? I'd love to read your comments. If you're going to implement something from this episode, if you're going to get one of the resources, if you've, you've, you've already seen one of the, the movie or the read the book, or you love Rob Ricardo or the Miracle Morning Pro Tip, whatever landed for you, the mantra, whatever, whatever landed for you, if you'd please take just a few minutes and go to halelrod.com forward slash 373, I'd really appreciate it. I'd love to hear it, read your comment, and uh, I'll respond, I promise. So much love. Thank you so much. And uh, I will talk to y'all next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 